Hi, I'm Sarah, the mom of a six-year-old and a three-year-old. And I'm Claire, the mom of an eight-year-old and a six-year-old. We're two friends in the middle of the country, in the middle of parenting, in the middle of our careers, and in the middle of just about everything. All right, welcome to the middle of everything. Here we are after a little bit of a break. Yep, middle of July, middle of the year. Yep. Middle of everything, guys. (laughs) Here we are. Followers of us on social have have been keeping track, probably, of Sarah's two weeks of solo parenting, almost. Almost. Well, there was a short break where he was home. But yeah, we're coming off this, like, two-week period of either my husband being out of town or it was the 4th of July. My oldest son did not have camp. So I basically had a child with me at all times for... A week and a half straight, like literally straight. And I, it was a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, I was so happy to just go back to a normal work day this week. <laughs> I did take, I took a break. I think I posted this on Instagram. I think I got about a weekend to like the Friday night. And I just thought, I do not have the stamina to make it five more days of just, and it wasn't, and some of it was like, Stop fighting. I'm tired of yelling at you. I can't get everybody to get dressed in the morning, you know, kind of stuff. But even just there was no one else there to, like, absorb the talking of, again, it's my my six-year-old. I know your older son is the same way. They just have a lot to say all the time. (laughs) And there's only so many times I can talk about that kind of stuff or answer those questions. So I'm going to remind you of this. When we do... Um, when like in November or whenever it is we have to sign up for summer camp next year. I'm kidding. It's really it's not November, it's, it's really just February. March. Yeah. Um when we're making our spreadsheets, I'm gonna remind you that you do not want a week off. No. Like, because in my head work. it was like, Oh, that week's the fourth of July. It's in the middle of the week. The camp's kinda janky anyway. But yeah, but you're still but trying to get work God, done. Yeah. It was know? well and on top of that, when that was all planned, we did not know that I was going to be out of town one week. My husband was going to be out of town the next week and then immediately turn around and go back out of town again for six days. And it, that's the problem with signing up in February, March for camp is that you don't know. But yes, please remind me that that is not a good idea. Or I don't know next year with maybe the fourth is on a different day. And so it's not the same situation, but it, it was a lot mm-hmm. to have him with me all the time. And I was reminded that I'm super glad I work (laughs) and I'm super glad that I love my job and I am happy to you know what I mean like I it was so yeah I did (laughs) I did send him to my dad's for a night I was like I I can't anymore so my luckily my dad was home he took him overnight they had a great time it was great for them to just get away from me I think too and I spent the evening like I was like, I watched a movie that I wanted to watch. I did a face mask. I did my... Did you do baby foot? I did my baby foot Oh, my goodness. Which you will notice I'm wearing tennis shoes today because they are in the um, extreme molting phase. Full full peel mode. I'm leaving like a trail around the house if I walk without (laughs) socks on. But isn't it like the most satisfying Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. This is my second round of baby foot. And I think this one's even better than the first. Like it... I don't know if they were just prepped 
you know, better yeah, or what. I think but, so. <clears throat> I, I mean, you always get better. At yeah. Anything. So I've had to commit to wearing uh, sneakers and, like, I have these little booties where just my toes kind of stick out so you can't Some tell as well. Yeah. It's like they're, like, uh, perforated. So oh, it feels. I have a pair of those. Yeah. Too. Like, I, I wore them the other day and I was like, I mean, this isn't usually what I would wear with this dress, but my feet are not acceptable to what I'm put out with. in public right now. So, That's so funny. Yeah. I did all those things. And then Saturday, while they were still over there, I like, and I was just the surface level of cleaning and just dishes and laundry and picking up stuff. Eating I, the pets. Yeah. The, like just breakfast out yeah. like without that other set of hands. Nope. I mean, it is, it's a thing. It was a lot. So I, lot. I took a break and then now everyone's back to camp back in town we have a fairly normal maybe month yeah. ahead of us and i am super happy about that so i i had a, a, a more low-key version of that which mm-hmm. was my husband was also out of town for five nights but um we were fully camped fully, yeah so i uh, it was really um pretty much business as usual mm-hmm. I just was having to kind of you know do the pickups and the drop-offs and all of the things but um, from a scheduling perspective this is good for my mental health everything yes. was pretty much the same yeah. so and he's back in town now and it's wonderful and so but we appreciate everyone's patience with us while we yeah. walk, worked through that um, that was not- summer holiday mid-year and also just like Sometimes you need a break. Yes. So we're back. We're feeling super refreshed. Mm-hmm. And our guest today, I'm really excited about. Mm-hmm. I have never met her. Mm-hmm. Her name's Natasha Ball. and But you know her, Sarah. Why don't you kind of give us a little preview of how you guys know Sure. We met probably 10 years ago, kind of through the blogger circuit here in town. And um, we, we thought this would be a great time to bring her on because of all the conversations that have been going on about mental health and she sort of brought it to me that she would love to come on and talk a little bit um, about some postpartum issues that she had. So we will get into that with her here in a few minutes and we will take a quick break and hop back in with Natasha. Here we are uh, with our guest this week, Natasha Ball from House Sparrow Fine Nesting. Hi. Hello. Um, I don't even really know where to start with you because I like <laughs> you have um, a long, we, so That's we met. That's a really big compliment. I just want to confound people. Yeah. You're, you're a mystery. Um, oh. So when I first um, was was talking with you about this podcast, I was thinking, oh, I'd love to have you on as a guest to talk about you know, your macrame business and how you transitioned from the professional journalism world into that. And I was thinking we could talk about the age spread between your kids. And then you sort of came to me and said, or I could talk about my postpartum anxiety. And I was like, yes. Yeah. Because I don't. We like to party on this. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to get serious for a minute. So you're probably the only person I know in real life, IRL, that yeah. <laughs> that has had that and been pretty open about it. I was going to say that's um, been open about it. Yeah. And I think that's, it I mean, is. it's a big part of it for sure. Yeah. And I don't even know that I completely understood that that was a thing mm-hmm. separate from postpartum depression um, yeah, at I all. I didn't either. So you've been pretty open on your, like your Instagram account and things like mm-hmm. that about some of your struggles. So why don't you just kind of tell us sort of the how, how that came about? Okay. So 
Um, I have two kids. Mm -hmm. uh, one's 10 and one will be two in September. And with my first pregnancy, I was a, a lot younger. Mm -hmm. I'm familiar mm -hmm. with the yeah. old lady pregnancy. So. It's, it's a little different. <laughs> yep. And um, that was a really difficult pregnancy. I had preeclampsia and had bed rest, and it was um, it was tough. And I thought the baby was tough, too. I thought Sam was a tough baby because um, we flunked out of breastfeeding pretty early on. <laughs> and I didn't understand why. I didn't know what was happening. But... I felt like, you know, normal new mom mm -hmm. stuff. And so going into my second pregnancy was sort of that experience. I thought, well, this pregnancy is really easy. Mm -hmm. And Tony was great. The birth whole thing, everything was perfect. And then the breastfeeding issues happened again. Mm -hmm. And so there was that happening as well as just being older, I think, yeah. didn't help things. And so I wasn't dealing with the lack of sleep as well as the first time around. And um, I'm not quite sure what else was. I'm still trying to kind of piece together. What was the difference? Was it just the time? Or it was probably just plain and simple brain chemistry differences mm -hmm. and part of Hormones. the aging process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so um, at about, we made it through breastfeeding for about seven, eight, nine weeks, somewhere in there before um my lactation consultant just said, you should probably consider, like, giving this up. Right. <laughs> and when, Throw in the when towel. Your, when your consultant says, you can quit now, mm -hmm. <laughs> then you, you think, okay, maybe I should quit. Um, so I quit, and about a, a week after that, you know they say whenever you just stop breastfeeding cold turkey, it's like, your hormones just do this nose dive. Thing. Oh, yeah. I didn't uh, even cold turkey stop, and I yeah. felt like a crazy person for, like, two months after uh -huh. I stopped uh -huh. nursing, with my second one especially. I noticed it. Isn't that? It's crazy. Mm -hmm. um, are weird. They, they control the world. Yeah. I don't know if we all yeah. realize that totally sometimes, but really it's what it's all about. We're all just, like, little balls of hormones being controlled by these chemicals in your body. <laughs> um, so all this happened, and, and Tony... Um, started that he was fine with the breastfeeding but he didn't want the breast milk pumped mm -hmm. and in a bottle he was doing the projectile vomiting oh. with that and so fun it's so sweet <laughs> yeah. and then i i switched him to a formula that i used with sam that i thought was good but he had an allergy to that mm. and so it was in terrible pain and we didn't know why he was crying constantly just oh. constant crying he slept well but when he was up he was crying and so we were trying to figure out the formula situation. His pediatrician was, you know, helpful with that, but it was still a weeks-long process. And just me listening to this baby crying all day long. Yeah. And so I, we'd had a really good sort of day. We had figured out the formula situation. He was really starting to calm down. Mm -hmm. And we were having about like a 50% crying, 50% not crying. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> sort of ratio, which was a good day. Which <laughs> felt like a really great day. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I, I put him down for like to sleep that night. And Aaron, my husband, had brought us salads for dinner. And I remember sitting down. This is so, this is like a silly story. <laughs> but I sat down at the table and I opened that to go box of salad and it was so freaky because the salad just sort of, it's like growing. It's like the salad started to just expand 
into my peripheral vision and what? in my mind I just thought I will never do anything else in my life except eat this salad. I'll just be eating this salad forever. Nothing else is going to happen to me. Everything like you were honestly yeah. like that's what you're well I could also like. I could also see myself thinking it. Okay. Too, sort of in a detached a, way. Right. Like, yeah. Like an out of body almost thing. And then I felt just like crunching in my chest yeah. and my pulse was just in my ears and started sweating. And I thought, um, you know, I'm having a heart attack. I'm going to go lie down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I went and laid down in, in my bedroom and it was just, I turned all the lights out. Turned our, We had a sound machine on and I turned that off. And it just this like, montage of every horror film I'd ever seen just started to just play rapid fire in my head and I didn't feel like I could control those thoughts I didn't know where they were coming from and all of this is happening to me and at the same time I'm seeing it happening too so it was a really strange experience unlike anything I'd ever dealt with before and Aaron came in and he said you um seem like something's really wrong like, like you seem scared mm-hmm. and I said I am scared and I think I should go to Dr. Tomorrow mm-hmm. because I don't know what that was mm-hmm. I don't know if I've had like a stroke or yeah. I just had no idea it just felt so like otherworldly mm-hmm. strange do you have any idea in retrospect um, how long from sort of that that for the onset to being able to kind of be like, oh God, what was that? Like being kind of through that moment, what, mm-hmm. how, how long that was? It was a good was? couple of hours wow. uh-huh. from the beginning of the mm-hmm. salad situation, yeah. which is what we call it now, <laughs> all the way to the end where I felt like I could breathe again mm-hmm. without an aching mm-hmm. chest and I could go to sleep for the night without being afraid I was going to die from right. sleep. Um, and I struggled with anxiety since I was probably 10 or 11 or mm-hmm. so and so I I knew symptoms of anxiety and I knew that with lack of sleep and and especially with the new baby in the house that I you know I can I know the signs and symptoms sure. I know like what I'm prone to do mm-hmm. and so I didn't see this coming on I thought it was just oh this is just my anxiety really yeah. flaring up because I'm not getting any sleep and I have all this, you know, added responsibility. Right. And so I, I found out the next day that it was a panic attack yes. that I'd had. I'd never had one before. And ladies, to be honest, I was such a bitch. <laughs> I didn't, I, I didn't believe in panic attacks. Yeah. I thought people made it up. Yeah. yeah. I thought they were a... That's awful. Yeah. I, I've I, had them before, so I... It's not that I didn't think so they I... existed, but I think I always thought they were somehow way more controllable than they are yeah. in real life. Like, yeah. in other words, like, just take a minute. Just yeah. take a deep breath. Calm down. I know. Like, that like, get your kind shit of... together. Right. Like, like but you're truly minute, out of control. And you're saying for, like, two yeah. hours, like, you're mm-hmm. physically unable yeah. to do that. Yeah. Right. Without, you know, even while your rational brain is still there, and, mm-hmm. you, you know, you're seeing this as sort of this detached observer in the moment there's just I mean yeah I don't know maybe you're going to tell us if there's a coping mechanism or something you can do in that moment but it feels a little bit like you kind of have to like go through it I don't know yeah I don't know either because I haven't had another one um Thank I know yeah. I know because it was so scary and I hate thinking about someone having to go through that all the time because I didn't feel like I could control 
that it was coming on, we'd had mm-hmm. a good day. It didn't mm-hmm. feel like it was because of anything. Mm-hmm. And that's part of what was so confusing. Yeah. Um, but I, over the past, see, I had that, you know, it's almost two years now. Um, I can sort of sense when I'm like on the edge of like to where that could happen again. Mm-hmm. And I guess all I do is just sort of back away either from the situation or I can tell myself, I'm feeling that. I mm-hmm. can feel that and I see it. Mm-hmm. And it helps. Mm-hmm. And I haven't gone over, you know, it feels like you're towing a line or you're, right. you're yeah. like on this precipice thing. And that hasn't, you know, I've managed to kind of. Yeah. So going back to that night when you, or, or I guess the next day, so you're, so, mm-hmm. you know, your husband comes in and you're like, yeah, I mean, I think that, that was a thing. I need to, I need to see a doctor. I'm not sure what that was. What what happened next? So you go to sleep, you wake up the next day. Mm-hmm. What do you do? I went to my OBGYN, mm-hmm. the guy who delivered Tony, and um, he. I told him what had happened. He said, panic attack. And, you know, how, how else are you feeling? He asked me. There's, like, a series of questions that they ask new moms. Um, you know, did you feel like you were going to hurt yourself? Did you feel like you were going to hurt your baby? Um, are you having racing thoughts? You know, all, a lot of the things that I was dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he said, you know, this is just so surprising to me because you always seem so chipper and, you know, you're always smiling and um, I just didn't expect this from you. And I thought that was a strange thing to say. Yeah, not, <laughs> because, Maybe not the best, you know, yeah. bedside question for the doctor to no, present and which, you No, it with. just shocked me that he said that because he um, he'd come really highly recommended from multiple, mm-hmm. you know, mom friends of mine. And um, he was, he's young and he's going to hit and it happening, you know? Yeah. And he said that. And I, I just, at the time, I was just like, oh, okay. You know, I was pretty, Way to make me feel like it's not okay. I was yeah. still feeling pretty numb at the yeah. time. Um, but later I thought, you know, that was a really... <laughs> <laughs> it's not like mm-hmm. only naturally kind of low energy people get yeah. PPA or PPD or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, he said that and that was dumb. <laughs> but he, he moved on and explained that there's this thing called postpartum anxiety. And it often is you have that as well as postpartum depression. They'll sort of often you know, go together. And um, he said, I don't really think you have the depression side of it because you're not saying you're sad. Mm-hmm. You're saying you feel you know, clenched all the time, you're, you're constantly worried or you're going through which illnesses do I have today? Or what's my baby going to die of? (laughs) You know, like these sort of um, intrusive and often irrational thought Mm -hmm. patterns and they loop. And so I was describing all that and he said, it's it's anxiety. And so Mm -hmm. it's PPA. And so I did more research after that. And I found out that it's an insane number of, of women who I think deal with PPA and they get diagnosed with PPD and mm-hmm. the um, medication that you would um, prescribe for those are often the same, but there are differences mm-hmm. that can be really crucial. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I've just been telling. Yeah. yeah. I'm, and I'm glad because that's, again, I didn't even realize. Yeah. And now looking back, cause I, I also struggle with anxiety and pretty much have my whole life, um, and have gone through different periods of medication and therapy and 
both and then off. And I yeah. had one of those crazy out-of-body panic attacks. And I've had other smaller ones since, but I was traveling for work. Yes. And it was so close to Christmas. And it was I, I was in a, like, store picking something up for a client. And a, yeah. like, Christmas song came on over the speaker. And it was some kind of a trigger. It was... This is many years ago. I had just gotten divorced. My mom had passed away several years earlier, and Christmas is always kind of a trigger for that. And I just, like like you described, like the heart racing, like you can't breathe, you can't function. And I had to go back to my hotel, and I spent an entire, like, 24 hours yeah. in that hotel room, and I could not leave because uh-huh. I was freaking out so much right. and just... I had to cancel my day of work. I had to just go sit in a hotel room and kind of cry and freak out and work through it. I don't know if I ate. I'm not even sure. But it was like, and like you said, it's like this out of body. Like you can Mm -hmm. see yourself and you know it's not like a rational behavior. You're thinking this is. This is not, you know, I, I recognize wrong. that these thoughts are not normal, right. but I don't, you can't like get yourself out of it, you right. know? Yeah. And, and at the time, like I said, I think after that I was, I was in uh, therapy. I had a therapist and then I told her about that and she gave me some medication for the panic attacks yeah. specifically yeah. on top of um, just sort of general anxiety. But I, it yeah. was a like, and I only was, took it for about a year and that was a very mm-hmm. stressful year of my life. And then kind of wean myself off of it when mm-hmm. I felt like panic attacks weren't um, mm-hmm. imminent <laughs> anymore, mm-hmm. sort of. And then I've had them again recently, but not to that extent. Like, I've woken up in the night with, like, the racing heart and yes. things like that. About and how long ago was this, Dan? That initial one was about 12 before years ago. Yeah. yeah, before kids. So what mm-hmm. makes it postpartum anxiety as opposed to just generalized anxiety disorder, which I have a diagnosis for as well. Yeah, just double up on that. Do that. Yeah. Um, The difference between the two is that PPA happens between one and 12 months after birth. Mm -hmm. So after 12 months, I think you just have to say, you know. Just cycle back into your regular anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is just day to day. day. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is a a load, honestly, because. It, this doesn't feel like the anxiety that I had before. It, I, I, you know, I still have to check in with this mm-hmm. every day, and it's been two years. So I think the medical community has a lot of catching up to do, mm-hmm. both in terms of understanding what this is, mm-hmm. accommodating for it in society, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and then um, and, and treating it and letting people know that this happens to you, you don't cause it, mm-hmm. you're not a bad mom, right? Um, that whole kind of battery of things mm-hmm. needs to get better because um, the responses that I've gotten, because I, I told you guys, I've been kind of telling everybody about this, mm-hmm. it's been a real range from, oh, well, you don't take medicine for that, do you? I'm like, oh, hell yeah, yeah. yeah I take <laughs> every, anything, um, mm-hmm. and I don't plan to get off of it I don't want to go to like um I'm not so much on the like natural stuff I'm like give me the stuff that science says works yeah because <laughs> yeah. that's what's needed mm-hmm. um so there's kind of that side of it and then there's people who are, are like you know can you not just like 
time um, treating and, and dealing with this kind of group of things that happen to new moms is that every new mom is different, mm-hmm. um, both in terms of their condition and their circumstances. So um, talking with other friends who have just depression or anxiety just in general, we all have to do a different little cocktail of things. Mm-hmm. And what's especially fun is that the little cocktail changes. Yeah. <laughs> so what worked last week might not work this week. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to switch it up. And so you develop this little toolbox mm-hmm. <laughs> of stuff that you you try until something works and it, sometimes you'll have a bad day. Yep. And that's just life. But that's with a lot of different health conditions. Yeah. It's and I, I think it seems to me like over the last year-ish maybe there's been a lot more discussion about anxiety and just depression and sort of mental health as a whole and you know making that okay for everybody and Uh even you know celebrities have come out and admitted that or not even admitted that's a terrible word to use but you know said like I take antidepressants and who like I for example follow Kristen Bell who is the most chipper happy person Uh you would ever think of but she is very open about the fact that she takes anti-anxiety medication and has struggled with that and you know it's just this much more open conversation I feel like and even for me in the last several months when I was mine sort of reared its ugly head again after a rough couple of years personally and we have all this stress with this construction project and like 800 other things going on and I had a week where last fall where I was in that sort of borderline panic attack state for like mm-hmm. several days in a row. And finally I was like, yeah, I got to get some medication. Like, Yay. like you said, the essential oils weren't cutting it. The medica- or meditation was not cutting it. Right. Like all those things. Right. And I went into a lot of my clients' office and I mean, I had a couple of days where I like cried in front of clients. Cause I was just like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm melting down. And after sort of having that with them, basically figured out, man, pretty much everybody's on something, you know? I mean, I, I talked to so many people that were like, oh, yeah, I take Lexapro, Lexapro and Wellbuterin or this or, right. you know, uh, I almost said Prilosec, that's stomach. Um, <laughs> Prozac. I also take Prilosec in case you need to know that. But, yeah, Prozac, Zoloft, yeah. Like, I love it. Uh, well, reflux, anyone? Prilosec. But, yeah. yeah. So, anyway, it just, it was really made me feel okay about, mm-hmm. yeah, I need, I need some medication <laughs> and I'm going to take it and I'm still taking it. And it may, I just don't suffer with that mm-hmm. anymore. And so I've looked back and wondered with my kids, if I, I would say probably with my first one, I think there's a fair chance that I just thought it was normal, like new mom freak out, you know? Yeah. Well, because there's so, there's still a lot of overlap yeah. there mm-hmm. and it's difficult to say okay there's a line and and it's been crossed or no we're still it's good this is normal Mm -hmm. and you know I just don't think there's a lot of support Mm -hmm. for new moms on that 
particular point. Yeah. So how does, so in your case, Sarah, are you going, are you talking to your primary care about it? I I wonder at what, like, like are, are all doctors sort of equally equipped to help? I realize the the postpartum, you're Mm -hmm. typically, I mean, I know you're your Mm -hmm. OBGYN's best friend, it feels like for, you know, (laughs) 10 months of your life when you're there all the time. And even after you have the baby, they're, they're obviously sort of the most frontline doctor in your life at that stage. Mm-hmm. In your case, I don't know. Are you seeing your OBGYN about that, Sarah? Are you, or who are you taught? Like, who's I your person? I wasn't having the issue postpartum this particular moment of Got my it. life, so yeah. I just called my primary. Yeah. Um, for that, but I think I'm if, just thinking if someone's listening. And yeah. Just like, yeah. I know in my life I've got sort of you know my three or four doctors yeah. that I see for whatever. And I know that some therapists call. can pre- uh, prescribe medication, mm-hmm. or I think once in the past I had a therapist who could recommend medication, and then I had to take that back to my primary and say oh, my yeah, yeah. Ther- my talk therapist has recommended yeah, that yeah, I yeah, go yeah. on this medication because I had this panic attack. That's what happened mm-hmm. when I had the really bad one while I was traveling. I was seeing That's a good. therapist regularly at that time and told her about it and so my primary just had yeah. to approve it, I, I guess. I every much of a therapist just as a normal course of life. We mm-hmm. all go to the doctor regularly for our bodies. Mm-hmm. Why aren't we going or to the, the dentist job? or yeah. whatever? Or like, whatever. Just or you need to go mm-hmm. just check in with someone who's uh, disinterested from, you know, mm-hmm. somebody's not friends or family. I know it's really great to rely on our friends and family for whenever we're feeling bad. And there's a time and a place for that. Mm-hmm. But for sure. They're not doctors. Yeah. Um, or, you know, professionals on that particular, you know. Yeah. On what's going on with you in that way. So but we. <laughs> it's nice to have a person who is legally bound not to repeat anything you say. Yeah, you know, you just know nice. this is never leaving this room, no matter how crazy it sounds or how I, what I think it sounds like. Oh, yeah. So you just have that it's sort great. of yeah, yeah, and you can go and see them more often if you need to. It's just like any other yeah doctor. But I mean, I have um, family members who just like oh no, we won't do this. Yeah. This is not something we do. But um, I'm a lot, and my husband's there. My husband's a, a veteran of foreign war, so he's yeah. in and out of there all the time, and we're in and out of there all the time, as you know, for marriage counseling. Mm-hmm. Just like we kind of love it. Yeah. And <laughs> Sam, my oldest, really loves it. He's like, so let hold on, let me just get this like straight. I get to go and sit in this chair. And I get to talk for an hour, and she has to listen. About <laughs> I can whatever. talk about whatever I mm-hmm. want to talk about. And sometimes Aaron and Sam will go together because mm-hmm. Sam's a preteen. Yeah, and that's a thing. It's a thing. <laughs> and so they'll go in together to just kind of, you know, they want a good relationship. So yeah. they go to someone to help with that's that. so smart. Yeah. And Sam just talks the whole time. And he's like, I didn't get to talk to you guys today. <laughs> <laughs> but he needed that at it's that so moment. Funny. And, you know, so that's a good thing. Yeah, I think he just talks about video games. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whatever's on it. I'm like, that's what my child would probably be talking about movies because that's his current mm-hmm. obsession. But, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So we kind of have fun with it. Well, I think that's good. I think just sort of, you know, opening that dialogue of, yeah, I go to therapy. And, and I've been, yeah. I, I, again, I've noticed it. Where does that you know, come Some people from, are very that. comfortable talking about it. Yeah. Like, I've just, I've had clients just kind of bust out, oh, yeah, my ther- our marriage therapist told me blah, 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 you know. Mm-hmm. And then other times, 
you know, I've known other couples where the, the husband doesn't want to go or, right. you know what I mean? It seems like there's just, totally. I don't know. I don't know if it depends on kind of how you were brought up or just what you're, and there are I people don't know. who don't like to go to the regular doctors too, I guess. Also yeah. true. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. You're right. There does need to be some kind of distinction. Yeah. I don't know why there's that. It's, Get over yeah, it. I think Go so. see a therapist. Yeah. And yeah. I think for women too, sometimes you, you, there's so much weight on like sort of just handling things yourself and just yeah. like, you know, making everybody think everything's fine. Like I got this, you know, mm-hmm. and I think we all need to just give ourselves permission to have a meltdown. Can we do and, that right now? Yeah. Just, yeah. You have go, permission. Go to the go. therapist, get some medication if you need it, you yeah, know? Yeah. This I is agree. so much better. Mm-hmm. You're a better mom. You're a better employee or business owner, whichever. You're a better wife. Agreed. Or partner. Agreed. Okay, so you brought up Sam. And I did. I want to take, uh, let's, I think this is a good time to take a quick break. And mm-hmm. then we come back, I want to talk about parenting a 10-year-old and a 2-year-old, mm-hmm. almost okay. 2. Yeah. And all the fun things that um, come along with that. Yep. Great. Sounds okay. good. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening. You can find us online at themiddleofeverythingpodcast.com, on Instagram or Facebook at The Middle of Everything, and on Twitter at T-M-O-E Podcast. And if you like the show, don't forget to review us on iTunes. It helps. Thanks. Bye. We're back with Natasha Ball from House Sparrow Nesting. And Sarah and I both have kids. My boys are almost three years apart. Tell me how far three years are. Yeah. Mm. And Natasha, you have two boys. The, the spread's bigger. It's eight years. It is. Okay. So I want to know about that. I okay. want to know, <laughs> number one, um, so in your life, we all as moms have experienced as moms with multiple kids, but honestly, moms with one kid, the minute that first baby drops, Right? Literally, everybody yes. in your life wants to know when you're getting pregnant again. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's just a thing. Was yeah. that not a thing for you? It wasn't. It wasn't. See, in, our, in my life, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what that was. Mm-hmm. I felt like everywhere I went with this baby, people were asking me about when I was going to have another one. And I'm like, you realize, like, six months yeah. ago, I pushed this out of my body. Just like, give me a break. It goes back to this whole, th- we've had these conversations before about how I think. The community feels very vested in, like, other people's Mm -hmm. reproductive situations. Yeah. But you got this, too. I'm still getting it because my youngest just turned three. Yes. And so people will still ask me, are you going to have any more? Are you done? And I'm like, oh, yeah. I was done the minute this kid (laughs) came out. Like, it's, I I mean, I... To, for so many reasons, I'm done. Yeah, like there's a there's a laundry list of why I'm a hundred percent done. No discussion. It, but yeah, yeah it just like. But one, Natasha, you didn't get that. Not so. To, not, okay. not to this level. Okay. Like you know, mm-hmm. grandma says her grandma stuff. Yes, yes. and like um, I was a, a reporter at the time, and sometimes I would interview folks, and um, when I was still pregnant, people would ask, you know, how many are you going to have? And I'm just sitting there like. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they would ask after Sam was born, oh, it's time to make him a little friend. And I'm like, let me go make him a little friend. Yeah, like, just, know more about that. you know, <laughs> brew it up. Is that really what you want to ask me? <laughs> so, yeah, that, it was, there was some level of that, but not really to a point where I thought, yeah. Okay, so I want to, I want to hear, I want to, we're going to ask all of those intrusive questions. Yeah. Right. Because it's a podcast. So. Intrude. <laughs> so did you always know that you wanted was the plan to have an, uh, one child? Was the plan to have 
Was there children? a plan? Yeah. Was there a plan? <laughs> Talk to me about what you where your head what your headspace was in. Sure. Okay. So I um, don't like decision making. Just as a general rule, especially large decisions, I just sort of get paralyzed by. Even my mom says, even whenever she used to get me dressed for school in the morning, she could not give me a choice of this outfit or this outfit. I would just melt down and be like, oh, God, I can't choose. (laughs) And so she would just have to shove an outfit at me and be like, that's what you're wearing today. And then everything was fine. So this continued throughout my life and is still, you know, a pretty hilarious problem to have (laughs) as a 34-year-old woman. Um, But... Um, yeah, Sam sort of was a surprise. I was pretty young. I was 23. Um, and, um, I was a, a newspaper reporter whenever I was pregnant with him. And so it was just very hustle bustle, you know, always walking around pregnant in high heels places. Mm -hmm. And then he, he came and I thought, well, that was fun, but it's not really going to work, um, for what I want to do with motherhood. And that just the schedules, what they needed from me and what I needed from that job were no longer, you know, they didn't correspond. Journalism seems very, um, there's a lot of people that don't have kids or, you know what I mean? Because the schedules are crazy. And I know we know a few of the same people in that industry. Well, we need a lot from those people. Yeah. I mean, I I didn't want to do something and not be able to do a good job because I care about journalism still. Mm -hmm. I mean, so, so much. And so I said, well, what's something that... Well, at first I thought, I'll just stay at home. Mm-hmm. This would be so fun. And that lasted for about like nine weeks. Yeah. And then I thought, let's not do that. Right. And so I started blogging just sort of as like a way to write it out and mm-hmm. figure out what do I want to do next because I had all this writing training and now I, you know, didn't feel like I had an, a way to, to, you know, do that mm-hmm. when I knew what to do. And so I started this blog. I'd had this blog while I was working and I thought, oh, I'll just go back to that. And then people started reading it. And so it was hilarious. Was that? So, okay, so did you start? With, yeah, you're like, what? People what? read this? So did you start with Tasha Does Tulsa? Or did you have a different one first? Okay, I, oh, I, I don't know. Several, your... I've had blogs since okay. I was in like, since I could use a computer. So it's always been something that I've done. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's wrong. Why I'm doing it. You have a lot of things to say. A lot uh, of things to get I out do. there. Yeah. Tasha has things she wants to say. Yeah. Um, so I, I started to do that and realized, well, I can go do stuff around town with my baby. Mm-hmm. And that's something that was important to me anyway. And then I can take a picture while I'm there and then I can write like a little bit about it. Mm-hmm. And it would be just kind of a fun little photo album thing. And then this over the course of the next three years, it turned into one of the largest media properties in the state. And I had radio, weekly radio, weekly mm-hmm. TV to do. Um, multiple regular columns and magazines and newspapers around everywhere. And it was a lot. Um, but I, I was having a, a blast as well. Mm-hmm. So and it was so just as much were... my blog as it was Sam's blog, though, because he was just like... He was with you. I really think he was the reason a lot of people... Because <laughs> he was just so darn cute. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. got this blonde curly hair. He is very He's got cute. a very distinct look. So um, I think people were just really yeah and so you made money through advertising and all sponsorships yeah because blogging is just i'm still and i mean you and i met because of blogging and so i'm always like how back in the day (laughs) i know because you were you still you were doing tasha does tulsa and we started our blog and then 
we met at like a blogger meetup or something, I think. Or I Is was probably right? just like, hi, I love your blog. <laughs> like, I don't friend. remember. Yeah. I really loved it. Yeah, yeah. it was fun. Um, but then you... Okay, so walk yeah. us through that timeline, because then you went to I started some local papers. Yeah. yeah, that was my first kind of re-entry into, mm-hmm. as in, I don't know that you could say that place was a traditional <laughs> journalism job workplace, because it wasn't. Yeah. Um, it's basically so, like a clubhouse. This land press, <laughs> mm-hmm. based yeah. out of Tulsa. And how old was Sam when you went back to this? Three. Three, okay. Yeah, yeah. But but, yeah. I was still part-time when I started yeah. there, and um, they promoted me to being uh, the managing editor there. And that was, you know, same with Income the Garden by the time that happened. Um, so I left there and I helped the Tulsa Voice get started. Mm-hmm. So I was their first editor. And um, by that time, I'd realized some some things, again, just about the profession and about kind of what I wanted mm-hmm. going forward. Because during this whole time that I was working, my husband was pursuing um, a bachelor's degree and then a master's degree in geology. And he's, um, you know, was doing this as part of a veterans program. And so he was getting to do this full time. Mm-hmm. But that also meant, you know, well, none of us wants to stay home. <laughs> so that was me. Um, but because of that situation, we just decided we're not going to have more kids right now. Mm-hmm. And so the years started to pass and the distance, you know, increasing. And I just started to think, so if we're going to do that, um, maybe we should think about doing that pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it took us a year to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was like all yeah, this time. That's the other yeah. great unknown, right? It's like, yeah, it's mm-hmm. like, well, because I thought, because with Sam, it was like, oh, you yeah. know, that just seemed like super duper, no problem. We won't have a problem with that at all whenever we decide Absolutely. to go for it again. Yeah. And, but then, you know, it was like it just took forever. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, mm-hmm. we never understood why. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, Tony. So Vinny. And then Tony. <laughs> and so had you started House Sparrow Fine Nesting before or after Tony was born? Yeah, I started House I'm like, Sparrow. I've known you, but the timeline is all I know. blurred in my brain. It, it is. To me, too, to be honest, because really I just try to stay busy because all of this to me is the same basic thing. I think I just have like a hospitality addiction and it comes out in all these really strange ways. Like as a journalist, I'm like, I want you to know everything that you need to know, you know, to be your best, you know, Mm -hmm. citizen self. And then as a blogger, I want you to be comfortable in your hometown. I want you to love it here. Mm -hmm. And then as a textile maker and, you know, teacher... I want people to feel, you know, like they're at home yeah. wherever they are and be able to create a home that they love. Well, so. that comes across for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. Absolutely. <laughs> so I want to, so for people that don't, maybe haven't heard of House Sparrow Fine Nesting, let's start with, with what it is okay. and like what, what the, what you do. Okay. It started, um, it's Ashley Daly's fault, the owner of <laughs> Retro Den. Who is coming on in a coming guest. two weeks. The other Ashley. Yeah, we've had Ashley Palmer. Yeah, it's and their then, fault that yeah. this happened, kind of. Um, I was meeting with Ashley a lot because I had already left the Tulsa Voice, and I was actually, I was working on a book project that just wasn't, didn't really feel right, didn't mm-hmm. feel like it was going the way that I wanted it to go, and I thought, there's, I'm not sure that this is what I want to continue doing. And I was knitting at the coffee shop with her, and she said, you could do that. Could you make these weaving that I saw on Pinterest? 
And I said, you know, those are kind of dorky. And I don't know <laughs> if I could do it or not, but I'll try. Mm-hmm. And so I tried and I took it to her shop and she sold it. And then we sold more. And we thought, oh, it'd be really funny if you <laughs> made a company about this because I'd been knitting for my husband used to bring me these little gifts. And he came home one night with a how to knit kit from the Walmart. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) And I just really got into it hard. Mm -hmm. Like, and so I'd been knitting for, you know, a decade at that point. And it always kind of fantasized about what if I could knit for money? Yeah. What if I could be a professional knitter? That's never going to (laughs) happen. So I'd always toyed with the idea just sort of as a nonsense concept. But then I thought, well, I could do that. And now there's all these, there's this whole new infrastructure for that to happen. There's Mm -hmm. Etsy and Etsy's a real thing now. Mm -hmm. And then there's Instagram and there's just so much more opportunity for someone who wants to make a living that, Mm -hmm. you know, in that way. So I thought I would give it a shot and it's been going really well. So you sell your art pieces. Yeah, I have a wedding and I do workshops. Yeah, I've done um, one. Just... It's so fun. And I have a showroom in Tulsa, and then I have a home studio where I do classes as well. And kits, because I want, you know, mm-hmm. again, I'm like, oh, but you can take it with you. You don't have to come to class. Yeah. I'll just put together a kit for you, and you can keep mm-hmm. it, or you can give it away, or, you know. I want to try to do one of the wall hangings. I think I love, I, I mean, I have to. one. I have I, I have, have a wall hanging. Yeah. I have a table runner. I did a block printing class, and yes. that's also a little table runner. I, and I am not like a craftsy art person. Like you don't I have to be. am not, but I loved doing all those. And I, mm-hmm. yeah, and they're just. I also love just buying them and <laughs> so, putting them up in my house. So it's, yeah. it's very on trend right now, right? Yeah. So it how is. do you feel about the fact? Like I feel like I can't go into a Target oh, yeah. or insert you know, mm-hmm. retailer without seeing some, like, I mean, the, the whole boho macrame 70s <laughs> no. thing is so right now, Yeah. Um, which I imagine is good for business, but then yeah. also this idea that what you guys are doing is something a little bit different, special, handmade, local, all uh, that, mm-hmm. as opposed to, I could go buy one for $15 on target.com. Right. Like, how, how do you think about that as a business owner? I think that if you want to add softness to your space and that if Target is where your price point is, then I think that that's a really great start. Mm-hmm. And if you find out that you really like how that feels in your space or you want to learn how to make it yourself, or if you're going to get married in a year and you want something that's 20 feet long and 10 feet tall, mm-hmm. that's when you call me. Yeah. <laughs> that's when yeah. I can. You've got some beautiful, yeah. you know, large scale pieces and we'll link up to all that on our show notes and we'll post oh, them on our you. Instagram. Awesome. And yeah. I mean, it's, it's not, I mean, some, uh, yeah, it's like, you know, Target can only do what Target can do. Yeah. And, and then, I think that there's, know. I mean, I love Target. Yeah, I know. Um, I don't, everyone who doesn't? Yeah, Target. yeah. Target yeah. is a great place. I just place. think you know, it's. I I always wonder. I'm not a, a hands-on maker in the way that some of my friends are, and I just always wonder. How, you know, when you see these things become trendy, mm-hmm. retro den even is a great example. I mean, they have mm-hmm. been in this game of like this mid-century mod thing for a really long time and killing it. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, you can buy like like those are oh, mass-produced, look like stuff. And um, I just think I don't know. Like in some ways, it feels very much like um, a good thing, right? To be in a in a 
stylistically in a space or whatever that that people want to be in sure and at the same time this idea that what once felt a little more niche and a little more mm-hmm. um i don't know mm-hmm. this thing you get from this one place now you seemingly mm-hmm. can can get something that feels or looks the same yeah. elsewhere um I do, I'm always curious how people mm. sort of... You're giving a very PC answer, Natasha, but I will say I get, like, enraged when I see that stuff in Target because mm-hmm. I'm like, it just... Well, I don't know. just don't feel the same. I mean, to me, and I don't mm-hmm. think that, to be honest, in a home that they're going to feel the same as something that was handmade. It's not going to have... This is a little woo-woo, but mm-hmm. it's it's not going to have the same energy. Right. It's not, no one's hands has been on it. No one really made it. Um, so I just think that they're just two different products to be. It's um, all just you know, part of this like disposable culture where it's like, if I buy a thing <laughs> that costs $15 at Target because it was yeah, trendy it right now and threw it on the wall, yeah. I'll get rid of yeah, it. No, I don't if like I paid $100 for this beautiful handmade mm-hmm. thing... Even, I mean, it, it's maybe a little trendy right now, but I'm going to keep it and I'm mm-hmm. going to find a place for it in my home and maybe it moves around. Maybe yeah. it's on the table one year and on the wall the next year, or, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. but I'm going to keep it and treasure it. And just, I don't know, as it's opposed to this like fast, I mean, so I know there's this fast the $15 fashion. Target thing. And then you spent $1,500 with a local upholsterer to have your couch recovered. Which maybe, I actually need like, to maybe, do. Maybe. Yeah. Did you know that? Have you been to my house? Because that's a it. thing. Okay. I've yeah. done it and it's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that to me is, is you can't, you know, buy handmade. I mean, yeah. I know, I no, I have everything. a few things. Yeah, for but sure. So let's also but... talk about my entry into macrame Yay. purchasing in my home, which was through a flea market. Oh, and they are fabulous. So in Tulsa yeah. for Street Flea, mm-hmm. I have vintage before Target. Yes. yes. Right. So let me po- we'll post a picture yes. of this owl that I have. Oh, hell yeah. That like the woman had named it, oh, and she was. I mean, and I, I don't remember. I'm killing myself now that I don't. But she was like, "Oh my God, you picked up whatever," and I was like, "Oh, what? What? What did I?" And she's like, was owl. it Rhonda? Was it a blonde? I, I, I guarantee it was Rhonda. Can name be Rhonda? Yeah, it yeah, should be. In, in the way that all flea market booths are with, like, everything. Mm-hmm. So not a thing. Like, she had clothes and jewelry and mugs and whatever. <laughs> and then at the end on this hook was this fantastic macrame oh. owl, which I felt was, like, a slamming deal. I probably paid, I don't know, 40 or $50 mm-hmm. for, nice. for sure less than you would expect to pay for like a a new handmade Mm -hmm. thing of this size and yet clearly like to fill up the kind of wall space that that thing fills up right um you would have you would typically spend a lot of money right right? so okay um and i've got it on this pink wall in my my laundry room and it Rhonda. 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 We're going to call her Rhonda. I want to have the real life Rhonda on the show at some point. Side note, because she's a riot. So vintage, flea market, those are great places, too, to get into the And you have a, Tasha, you have, Natasha, sorry, have a couple (laughs) things in your. (laughs) I was a discussion before the pod started about whether it's Tasha or Natasha. We landed on Natasha, so do it right. You go by both. I get confused. Um, (laughs) You have a couple vintage things in your studio. Studio space at Retro Den, right? That are like you—you you won't sell them, but they're just uh-uh. there for your own yes. like enjoyment. Yeah, I love it. Yes, because they're kooky pieces, and mm-hmm. that's 
That's totally what I love. Yeah. Where do you get your ideas? You said your muses. Where do you get ideas for new designs from? And what I mean by that is, is it something that you think of in advance and you go do that thing? Do you start and kind of see where it goes? What's Yes. All that. Okay. (laughs) All that happens. It just depends on what's going on with that particular piece. And often, okay, so one of the things I did whenever I got started, and with the journalism background, I was really interested in Oklahoma and my family here. We go back to the 1880s, and I wanted to understand better about what their day-to-day life was like. And so I did this, I came to the library where we are now and asked them, can you help me figure out what they might have used to dye their clothes? Like anything that might have been going on in Oklahoma with plant dye. And they helped me find this, like, lady who'd gone through all these works progress administration interviews during the depression here in oklahoma and she had culled every mention of plant dye and put it all in one place why yeah i know i know (laughs) what are the chances i need to write her a love letter really Mm -hmm. i do um so i I pulled that together and that has informed a lot of what i do with plant dyeing i just kind of develop those recipes into what i need them to be now and a lot of my macrame is like that too think about plants that grow on my grandparents' property because my grandfather has been such a huge um, part of why I make things and an inspiration to me just in general. And so I think about the things that he liked and the, he was really into like plants and animals and he was an artist too. And then um, my grandmother's <laughs> daily lives and the things that they've made over the years. And um, that's kind of where I'm always thinking about stuff and mm-hmm. so I feel like everything just sort of comes from there yeah. Yeah. yeah so what do you think is the next so I you do shibori you do mm-hmm. block printing you mm-hmm. do macrame and just sort of rope sculpture is yeah. there like a a next thing you're you wanting to try nice, yeah is there another <laughs> thing or a new being pulled really strongly toward quilting again mm-hmm. and so thinking about how I can make my own fabric whether that's painting the fabric or dyeing it with the plants that go around my house or places where my family lived. Um, and then patchworking or mm-hmm. patchwork quilting with that and figuring out if that can be a thing. And if not, um, I'm going to keep working with my grandmother to figure out, just learn her process so that mm-hmm. I can have that and sort of be a vessel for that to pass on to mm-hmm. whoever and else in the family might want to know or learn. So that's, what I would like to do next. Do you know, and this is a weird tie-in because, so I work also for a textiles company, but it's like mm-hmm. a commercial, uh, you know, upholstery and uh, things like that. However, one of the brand new products that we just got is inspired by darning samplers. Do you know what that is? Where they oh, practice yes. their embroidery stitching and they have all these old pieces that they studied. Like people do or machines? So like back in the day, in like the 1800s, I think, the women that needed to be embroidering and mm-hmm. like patching linen clothes or whatever, there's all these different stitches they would practice with different, right. and they usually used brightly colored yarn so that the mm-hmm. person sort of critiquing them could see how oh, good their stitching were. So they made these beautiful, yeah. what they call a darning sampler, and it's just this weird kind of pattern of mm. different stitches coming up. Anyway, so they use those as inspiration and created a commercial textile inspired by those. It's gorgeous. But I'm just thinking about 
that yeah, see, these darning them. samplers. Yeah, I need yeah. to bring that fabric by. I'll <laughs> run by. It's, I, I don't have it in my car today, but I'll run by Richard in next week and show it to you. It's so cool because it is commercially produced, but it has a handmade feel because of the embroidery, mm-hmm. and then it's usable. It's usable on commercial projects. But anyway, that seems like just get into some darning samplers. Come on, let's do yeah. it. <laughs> let's just go find some. Yeah, there's there's this big. I'll I'll link all this because um, I have it linked for my work presentations, but um, Cooper Hewitt has this whole like sort of catalog of mm-hmm. darning samplers that you can look through on their website. And we have a thing on our company's website that tells the story of sort of what those are. So anyway, yeah, sorry, let me just give you a quick uh, work presentation <laughs> in the middle of podcasting. If you want to know what I do all day, that's it. And then I show fabric. <laughs> I yeah, so. <laughs> just cart my little self around town and oh, give yeah. presentations. But well, and it's funny because you know, we have more standard products, but every once in a while we get these really specialty products that I get really excited mm-hmm. about. And I was super into the darning samplers. So yeah, yeah. understandably because that's super cool. They're beautiful. Oh, I had never heard of any, I had never heard of that. And mm-hmm. when I started researching to, to learn more about our products, I just went down like a rabbit hole of looking mm-hmm. at these images of all these samplers um, on Cooper Hewitt. And so people who have listened to the podcast in the past heard us talk to Ashley Palmer about the kids space at Retro Den. Yeah. So I'm super curious about Tony at the age that he's at. Oh, Tony. Did Tony <laughs> go up with you to Retro Den ever or or in general? When I imagine when you're teaching a class, it's, it's hard to have That would be that an NO. Yeah. Or <laughs> know for um, my toddler, that would be a in hard your, pass. When you're yeah. either working on your ready-made stuff or just being there up at the store, do you have him? How do you how do you manage it now mm-hmm. with baby number two right. at this stage in your life? Okay. Um, so I make most of the custom pieces at my home studio. Mm-hmm. So I have a sunroom off the back of our house, and that's where I spend a lot of my daytime time. And Tony's got toys out there, and he likes to swing around on the macrame racks and climb my <laughs> legs. And we stop, and we'll read a story. You just have to be super ready to, like, okay, he needs a story now. Mm-hmm. And you're yeah. going to stop what you're doing in the middle of your, you know, whatever, and sit down and read a story. And you get used to that, and it's fine. And sometimes, like now, Sam's home more, and he's really helpful because he's a really good big brother, and I'm glad of that because I think at first – he wasn't so sure. He was like, because he always, he's, I think he still does think of himself as like one of us, like, mm-hmm. like I'm your third parent. Yeah. And so, um, whenever I told him that Tony was coming, he was like, how could you not talk to me about this? Right. Why did we discuss that? <laughs> right. Like no one asked me. Yeah. <laughs> so we didn't know I was going to go, but it's been really, really great. Um, so when it comes time to do a workshop or to go up to the showroom, um, Often the kids will stay with my mom or they'll stay with Aaron and that, that all works really well. Anytime that I bring Tony up to the shop, he breaks something. I think the last three times I brought him up to the shop just to grab something Mm -hmm. for an order that I need to mail off or something, he'll find something breakable Mm -hmm. and break it. And that's a big deal, but it's annoying. But he, Mm -hmm. he does play in that little back area Mm -hmm. and he likes to play. There's a little rotary telephone back there and he likes to do that things our kids will never experience i know yeah it's just great sure give us all your um you know where can we find you Mm, okay so the website is Mm housebarrownesting.com and i blog there i post pictures there i post workshops there Mm -hmm. it's all there and then instagram is just 
slash Oscar and Mestine. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just all on the social media. Just all, all under Oscar really and Mestine. And then great. if yeah. you're local, stop by Retro Gym. Yeah, 1216 <laughs> Plank Harvard. Mm-hmm. And I'm there For usually sure. on Saturdays, sometimes on Fridays, mm-hmm. if, if Gigi's available. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When she's not podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> so Are you going there today? Yeah, I'm teaching a block printing workshop today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it'll be good. I love that class. It, I loved taking it because it's just I block printing is. I it's think like I know, but maybe I don't. she has all these beautiful blocks. Some are vintage, some like you carved yourself blocks? wooden, mm-hmm. linoleum. Yeah. Um you can make a fruit stamp if you are today yeah. I was there, you had some potatoes to carve uh-huh. if you wanted. And then yeah. she provides the the fabric. Um we did a table runner and napkins the day I was there. And then the paint and mm-hmm. you just paint and stamp and it's like it's not too much like I'm I'm a little intimidated by the macrame class because that feels mm-hmm. like a lot of crafting or I I'm not <laughs> my brain isn't ready to like take that on like you just make your stamps and make your design and then she takes it and hems the edges and gets the I don't know do you have to like bake that paint in or how it just has to set for a certain amount of time for, uh, yeah a few days okay and then it's, is it washable because it, it is okay I it is washable okay. and hers is the one is it really? Oh, thanks! I compliment. I it's loved real good. it. It's on my it's on my table, uh, my like, kitchen table. So that's why I was like, I have food on it now, so I need to wash. I think somebody dropped some salsa, and I was like, no. Yeah, it's just it's, it's got a patina now, so mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna roll with that. It's a great class. I highly recommend it. Yeah. So it's like a light. For for your it's entry really level crafting, like, not it's not even crafting, in. but yeah, it's like a um, not as yeah, people who want intense. to be able to make things, yes, but yeah. don't know how to make things. Exactly, can come to this class and make a thing. I love it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay, it was great. Thanks. thanks for coming and thanks for talking about um, a sensitive topic and, oh, and for no, offering to do that. I was like, <laughs> wonderful. You know, you never know if people want to dig down and <laughs> let so someone okay. know if you need something. You know, if you yes, please. melting down and check on, on your mom. Yeah, exactly. Tell them that's okay too. All right, we appreciate it. Thanks Thank so you. Uh huh. Bye. What's a duck's favorite? On fireworks, a firequacker.